Welcome to It's Not That Deep with me, Lucy Woods, a mindfulness teacher, and me, Adrienne Kirk, a psychotherapist. Every episode, we discuss navigating the messiness of everyday life. We know it's a big subject, but we will do our best to discuss it lightly and make some sense of it all. This episode, we're discussing why don't we like to make the first move? So it's an interesting one because there's a few different areas in which this might be applicable. People might be thinking we're about to talk about how to date. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it does sound a bit like that, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And you're right. Creating relationships is part of making, you know, making a first move. Otherwise, no relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But that wasn't really the idea we had in mind, although it's a subset of. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I. You know. I. I think I suggested it and and because it's come up a lot in my consulting room over the last week or so, which is people, either couples that I see, not wanting to make the first move to change what's going on within the relationship or individuals who are talking about issues they're having with members of family or friends and whether or not they should make the first move. So where there's been a kind of breakdown in the relationship in some aspect. Yeah. Yeah, that's always a really tough one, isn't it? Absolutely. And not just a breakdown in the relationship, but you know those relationships where you feel like you're always the one that makes the contact? Mm. So nothing has happened. There's been no row or anything. It's just potentially you kind of think, oh, I should contact them. I always contact them. I mean, I like to see them, but they never contact me. I wonder how long it would take if I just didn't, you know, right. that, some, yeah. so sometimes it's that conversation as well that so, comes up in the room. Yeah, there's two things there, there's the kind mm. of repairing relationships that have gone a bit awry, Yeah, and then the maintaining of relationships, yeah. where perhaps it feels a bit more one-sided. Yeah. So let's start then with, let's say there's been a, a, a breakdown in mm. the relationship that needs, so it needs repairing in some way, it's generally because someone thinks someone has done something wrong, right? Someone is at fault. Yes. But often both parties think they're not the one at fault. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, and I think we've we've touched on this in previous podcasts, that idea that, that the start point of a disagreement or a falling out is different for different parties involved right yeah that's when we were talking about holding grudges yes absolutely yeah yeah I only said that because you'd already upset me so I I retaliated but for the other person if if what if the thing that they said wasn't that deep to them right the retaliation is then the first thing right yeah gosh it's complicated isn't Mm. it and often people don't know kind of where they're at on that yeah. spectrum either do they no absolutely absolutely yeah. and and in and in relationships in in so with romantic relationships you know if if they if they're really if they've really broken down there's also a a fear about if i make a first move what does that what will be read into that will it be reciprocated you know i'm 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 making myself vulnerable. I might get laughed at or rejected. You know, we human beings, we... We, we don't we, like rejection. We really hate that, don't we? That's a whole podcast in yeah, itself. Absolutely. I, I really think I'm the expert on not liking rejection. <laughs> I may give you a run for your money on that one. <laughs> 
Oh, so it takes a great deal of courage mm. to be the person that does it. That's one aspect of it. Yeah. It feels flipping uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And there's this possibility that the other person's going to laugh in our face or, yeah. or, or just reject us out of hand and not accept our move. Yes. You know, and then also something you mentioned when we were talking about this as a subject is being the one that makes the first move where there has been disagreement for example almost implies liability yeah like i'm 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 culpable for this yes yeah 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 i think i think that lies under it for for lots of people as well you know that kind of Am I saying it's my? It was my fault then. If I'm the person who makes the first move, and that yeah. feels really sticky. Yeah, yeah, really uncomfortable. Absolutely, particularly as I hold my truth that you know that I wasn't at fault here. Yeah, that I've only responded to the the mean way in which you've treated me. And I'm the bigger person because I'm coming yes. in first. Yeah, and I think you know, I think making the first move there has there has to have an intention of wanting change of of being genuinely open to doing this differently right yeah absolutely and and i think you mentioned the word looking at the consequences yeah. of not making the first move that's really such an important thing isn't mm. it mm. when we're talking about a, a broken down relationship particularly if we are happy for that relationship to never be rekindled then that's okay yeah we don't need to make any move because we are perfectly fine with it. And if they come to me, maybe I'll change my mind. But right now I'm staying in this where I don't care. Mm. I'm done with it. It was toxic or whatever. But if there is a sense that, no, actually, in an ideal world, I would like a better outcome. Yeah. It might be worth it, mightn't it? Absolutely. I, I mean, I think it takes a lot. You used the word courage earlier. You know, I think it takes a lot of courage to properly examine that because when we're activated, you know, when our lid is flipped and it might stay flipped about this situation, it's really easy to go, well, I don't need that person. You know, it doesn't matter to me. But to actually sit with properly the consequences of that, you know, then they're not again in my life. And what does that mean? Yeah. What does that really mean to me? And and if there is a sense that I might at some point regret that, then reaching out, having the courage to reach out, make the first move, is probably a good idea. Yeah, yeah. And we do have to let go of the ego stuff associated yeah. with that, don't we? Yeah. Or the, I lose face in this, or it might look like I'm the apologiser. Or, or taking accountability. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's for the greater good, mm. then it's worth it. Yeah. I'm just, it, you know, as you were speaking, I was reflecting on situations like that that have happened in my life where I can think of one particularly where I was like, I know, it will never be. And I'm all right with that. Yes. And then there's others where I'm like, no, I, I can't have it never be. And... I've had to, you know, I had a particular situation where someone in my family said, well, you've got a choice now. You can either not have any relationship with them at all or you can phone them up. So it's up to you. It was wise words because when I thought about it, I couldn't, and I was only in my 20s, you know, I couldn't imagine a life where I just never spoke to this person ever again. That wasn't possible. Mm. 
but I knew they would never ever make the first move yeah 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 it's interesting isn't it and 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 I'm just reflecting now that 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 is exactly the situation that members of my family were in and and it never was resolved and now it can't be because one of the parties has died right so and 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 everybody was very entrenched that it that the other person had done them wrong and it caused huge amounts of upset ripples you know it, it, particularly if it's in a family right that's that's affecting other people as well and who gets invited to christmas and you know who who's around and all of that stuff you know and and that's a shame it's yeah. a real shame and whilst it's quite a, an extreme thing perhaps to think but if they were to die, would that leave mm. me feeling awful? It, it's probably worth it. Do you know, because yes. because whilst we'd never like to think about death or talk about death, you and I often have these conversations that we should be more okay with it because it's going to happen to all of us. Um, it's probably something we don't want to entertain. It feels weird to, to think of them no longer here. Yeah, but I think going to that, going to that extreme in this case is really helpful. Yeah. How would I feel if I could never? If I could, if I really could never. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's worth going to that extreme mm. to really bring it into perspective. Because yes. that might bring our prefrontal cortex back online. Yeah, and then we Just, think, oh, it's, actually, it's not that deep. It's right? not that deep. <laughs> you know, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. that would be much worse yes. to be left with this lingering. And sometimes the answer might be, I'd be okay with that. Mm. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It might be. So yeah. there isn't a right or wrong. There's just however we're feeling about it, isn't there? Yeah, and also we're allowed that that can change as well, right? So if it's... If it's a very raw thing, you know, we might think, yes, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. And then some months down the line, we might change our mind. And that's all right. So intentionally revisiting it yeah. and not being uh, entrenched in that this is how it is now. Yes, I, pick, I picked a side and therefore yeah. I'm sticking with it regardless. I think, I think we do ourselves a disservice then, right? So having the humility to go, I think I might have changed my mind and it will matter to me if I never see them again. Yeah, it's interesting to note, I I hear, I've had conversations with people where they say, oh, they'll never change their mind. They're too stubborn. Mm. And I wonder if the person that has given themselves that reputation to never change their mind once they've made a decision about something, yeah, isn't doing themselves a massive disservice Mm. because... Because you might want to. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Things change all the time. We change. We grow. We develop. We learn things. Stuff happens that teaches us stuff and might shift our perspective completely. Absolutely. And if we hold... There's a story, isn't it? That's a sedimented belief. Yes. That I'm a person that sticks to my guns regardless. And it's valued, I think, by society, right? So when you think about all of that stuff, you know, if a politician changes their minds or they flip-flopped or, you know, they were, they're now not being truthful because, look, we found this on social media when they said the complete opposite. We see that about people all the time within social media as if, as human beings, we're not, we're not allowed to grow and develop and, and to use evidence that comes our way right I made that decision based on the evidence I had at the time and now I know different things so why would I not 
be okay with changing my mind about that. Yeah, is yeah. It, people have that opinion about science as well. Yes. Oh, look, science must be wrong because it said this then and then now it's saying this. Yeah, absolutely. And the natural fact is yeah. like, that's because more evidence has come to light. Because that's how science that's works. That's how science <laughs> works. Like you're always questioning yeah. whether the theory you have is correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, I, and, I th- and I think it's a, it's, I, it's a good lesson for life as well, I think, really? you know, is... is is to get our opinions out and give them a good examination. You know, do, do I still think that? Yeah. You know, now I've read something else, do I still think that? Yeah. Does that still serve me? Yeah, and that's the thing. Who is suffering? Yeah. That's what I come back to with my clients all the time. This behaviour that I'm currently exhibiting, or this story I'm telling myself, is it helpful or is it actually causing me more suffering in my life? And if to repair the relationship might bring back more suffering, perhaps it's not worth it but if it's going to relieve the suffering of me sitting sulking mm. in this kind of seething state there's a lot of s's in there wasn't it <laughs> oh, oh, i'm loving the alliteration <laughs> <laughs> top notch alliteration to lucy today um you know if we're sitting in that who's suffering because it's generally us yeah and the other person may be feeling exactly the same way yeah they yes. may also be feeling sad and let down and all the things that we're feeling, where we perhaps perceive them to be sitting there, you know, angry or, or hating us. They might just be really sad or really also wishing that the relationship could be repaired. So if we're both sitting there with that fear of rejection, nobody's making a move, right? And it's interesting, isn't it? You're right, that, that we tend to assume that the other person is absolutely fine and they don't want anything to do with us and they hate us and, uh, and they're not giving us a second thought. But the more plausible and kinder story to tell ourselves is that they feel exactly like we do. And if we can hold that and put it into practice, right? And they might not, they may reject us. But what's the worst thing that happens? We've tried and it's not worked. Yeah, and we can content ourselves with the fact that we did do everything that we could and if it doesn't work out, oh well. But if it does, it would have been worth it. And if we don't, we live with the consequences of that. And we never know whether it would have been okay. Unless we try. Unless we try. Yeah. Gosh, that feels so important. Yeah. Hmm meaty it does it does and so we've talked quite a lot about this repairing of relationships mm. i'm quite interesting interested i'm not quite interesting quite interested <laughs> in exploring the concept of kind of maintaining yeah. relationships um you know because that can be quite hard to do mm. and we spoke didn't we about maintaining relationships with like people we used to work with and stuff and how that feels really different because you don't kind of walk in every day and, and see them in the same level but but with friendships that perhaps go back a long time or where you don't see them very often that expectation to maintain them I'm a bit rubbish at that sometimes yeah and it's not that I don't want to be friends with them but I forget I, I you know they pop in my head all the time and I think oh must send them a message and then I don't and then when they message me first, I feel like, oh, I'm a terrible friend. It should be me that's that's doing that maintaining. What? It should be you or you should be, or, or you could be participating in it. Yeah, <laughs> could be. And generally, when they're that kind of relationship, yeah. they're, they're just happy that you get responses from. What Absolutely. I find a bit frustrating is where you're trying to maintain a friendship and you don't get responses no. to the texts that you send. Like, at what point does that become a a pointless exercise yeah yeah 
Yeah, as a, as a child, I did used to wonder about my mother's Christmas card list, right? So this giant list that, where she would write a Christmas card every year to all these people. And that was the only communication. They would exchange a Christmas card. And think, Is that enough? I don't know. <laughs> Do we still call these people friends? Yeah, yeah. This is an interesting question, isn't it? About what we mean by friend. And the word is, does get quite diluted, I think. But but you're right, and I also feel like you do about. I'm a bit of a rubbish friend. I I don't like calling people out of the blue, so I think well I'll just send them a message. But but I always think it at a point where I can't be doing that. It pops into my head when I'm driving or if I'm out for a walk or something where, you know, I don't easily have the ability to send a message, and then it leaves my head again mm. at the point when I'm sitting down and I could send a message. Yeah, and it's an interesting one because Joseph Goldstein, if anyone knows him, he's a kind of mindfulness expert, so someone I love listening to. He would say, the minute you think of it, you have to kind of try and do it as best you can. And I was, a few months ago, I really adopted this and I would just send the message, even if it was like a holding message, like Mm -hmm. I need to talk, you know, I need to message you properly, but you're on my mind, so I'm just saying hi, or something. Um, But I've got out of the habit of that. It obviously wasn't ingrained enough. But I, I, doing this podcast now, I'm thinking I am going to do that as best I can. Like yeah. you say, we're not always in the right circumstance. If it's in the middle of a theatre show or something, it's not always appropriate. But where possible. Yeah. And do, you know, do I give up? Or do I keep going? And I think it, it depends, right? It depends whether you get enough out of that relationship when it does happen. Yeah that it's worth it right so we're back to we're back to kind of consequences really you know and benefits and benefits yeah if there's if there's enough in it you know so i i have friends where i am the person who always makes that first contact but it's such fun when we meet up that it's okay. I'm, I'm really happy with the fact that they're just a bit rubbish at making arrangements because they're they're glad when i have Yes, and I'm the other end of that. I'm the glad when you have, (laughs) not you necessarily, because we speak all the time, but I'm the sort of person that would be super glad. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm I'm meeting a friend now that I don't see as often, um, and she made the first move on this one, and I'm I'm really glad. She knows the minute she does, I'm going to go, yep, next week, let's make this date, and I will book straight back in. But you're talking about, if if you're always making the effort and... It's rare that something comes back. Yeah, not even a response. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. That feels painful. Yes, absolutely. And then is that heartache worth it? Right? Mm. Yeah. Something I need to sit with. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting, isn't it, when this whole first move thing, because we did identify there's these four kind of areas in relationships where we could. So we spoke about the romantic thing with creating relationships. You know, that's a bravery thing. Mm. Well, that's with friendships as Unless well. Unless you but... want a romantic relationship, if you never make a first move, it may never happen. No. I think that's the that's the thing. It needs the courage, and you need to be prepared that some people are going to say no because you know got to kiss a lot of frogs or whatever, or not got to ask a lot. Um, developing relationships is this kind of more being brave enough to ask, you know, to move it from, let's say we meet a lot of people networking, don't yeah. we? You and I met I was going to say exactly that, you know, right. that, that, that point, that shift when our networking communication became a friendship. 
Yeah. And actually, I remember we both acknowledged it. We were we were kind of, oh, has this shifted to friendship? Are we friends now? That, that's nice. Was there gin involved? <laughs> yeah. No, I, strangely not. We were out for a walk. <laughs> yes, but did we culminate in going for a gin at some point? Yes. You know, like, let's do that. I'm, yes. I'm not advocating gin. I am, because it's, you know, it's a nice thing. But um, it doesn't always have to involve gin. To. But yeah, I remember that, the kind of that shift in yeah. but because of the conversations we had, we were lucky enough to meet through networking. And that can also be the hard thing, like where um, you meet people through yeah. creating relationships. But then that finding that you've got common ground, and we obviously like talking to each other, hence this hence was this, born. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of naturally developed. It wasn't effortful, was no, it? No, not at all. Um, no. And I think they're the relationships worth developing. Mm. If they're effortful conversations... Probably not. Yeah. There's not enough common ground for it to flow freely. No, and I think we've, I think lots of us have had that experience, right, where we've met someone we really like and we're pleased to see them. I, I certainly have this. Please walk into a room, I'm really pleased to see this person and I go and have a, to have a chat and, oh, very quickly, there's nothing to say. There isn't, there isn't that it's connection. Just small talk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I share that, I share yeah. that. There's, there, and I don't, I sometimes think, is it me? Hmm. I, I always think that. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, I'm not interesting enough. I can't think of anything to say to this person. And I think I'm really good at talking. <laughs> so for me to be stuck, it, 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 that is quite a strange place for me to be. Yeah. But I also, this is about first move. Yeah. I also am reluctant to do all the talking. Yes. But then I'm quite gobby and some people aren't. And it doesn't mean I can't be friends with people that aren't. No. But I need that balance, I think, between yeah. talking at someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need something back, something to work with. Yeah. 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 And then, so, have we, have we covered all of those? Repairing, creating, developing, maintaining? Yeah. We kind of have, haven't we? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, and I think I, you know, I, I work with couples as well as individuals, and so a lot of that sort of straddles repairing and maintaining um which is which is interesting but i think they all have they all have things in common they have something in common which is about the bravery of taking the first step and also particularly if a relationship has broken down not assuming that we can just fix it by making a first move right that, that that's the first step that's the first step yeah, yeah that 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 things might need to change and that's our entry into that. But then we both have to be open to that happening and to, you know, build that baby steps, yeah. I think is really important. It's super important. Yeah. Some, sometimes, you know, if there's been a big row and it's a family member, then, you know, it's cathartic. We all will agree to move on and it goes back to the way it was. But, but for lots of things, when it gets really ingrained, I think... I think we have to then work at a new way of a new relating. way of, exactly yeah. a new way of communicating doing and, things differently and kind of wiping the slate clean as yeah. well yeah so I think the key thing from this is is the reflection on yes. what do I want it to look like what are the consequences of not making the first move the consequences of doing it might be rejection what are the benefits of having this person in my life versus not yeah. maintaining or developing or whatever this relationship that feels like the key takeaway here yeah. is to really, when our prefrontal cortex is back online and we can get some perspective and be objective about it, mm. to ask ourselves, what if this person was never 
around again? How yeah. would I feel? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that sense of what's the worst that would happen, you know, if I made the first move, the worst thing that happens is I might get rejected. That's not that big a deal. What's the worst thing that happens if I don't make a first move? This person is never again in my life. Mm. And, and that feels massive. And how am I with that? Yeah. 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 Feels like a good place to take a bit to stop. Yeah. 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 Great conversation. Yeah, I loved it. Thank you. You've been listening to It's Not That Deep with Lucy Woods and Adrienne Kirk. If you've enjoyed listening, why not subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode?